you've been in this series, uh, we've been talking about resurrection stories. And it's interesting that, you know, since the, the resurrection that we've been celebrating since Easter, we've been talking about this idea, this what God is doing. And, and I just want to kind of maybe bring some clarity to it just a little bit. You know, we can easily get, get, get kind of just confused a bit just in the light of the cross as we talk about the resurrection and we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus. That when we talk about our resurrection stories, we, we tend to think, Oh, well, you know, we're talking about my testimony, the, the moment I, I came to Christ, the moment I received him. And, and, and yes, yeah, but a little bit more. Like, and, and sure, that, that was a great moment. We love that. We want to celebrate that. But what we've been pointing at, if, if, you've, if you've been here, and if, if you haven't been here, if you missed some of these services, man, I, I encourage you to go back and take a look at it. It's been great. As we've been pointing at when we're talking about the life of Mary and we're talking about the life of Thomas, and we're going to talk about Peter this morning, which is, man, man a great resurrection story, is these moments that happen in their lives over and over and over again. How Jesus takes our past, he takes our present, and he even takes our futures. We give it to him. He revives the dead areas in every one of those aspects of time. He takes those moments and he brings life to them. And this happens, this happens over and over and over again in our lives. As, as we surrender, amen? As we surrender the dormant and desolate things to Jesus, this is what he does. He takes them. He breathes his power on them. And they become vibrant. And by the Spirit of God, they become fruitful. I have multiple resurrection stories. You have multiple resurrection stories in your life right now. You're walking around with four or five stories, resurrection stories that God has done something. And I, and I hope this helps you see a little bit as we navigate the, the, the rest of these, these, this, this series of resurrection stories that you have a testimony you have a story. You have something that you can share. You can give to people. It's positive and it's significant. It's, it's a life-changing moment for you. And it's a life-changing moment for the people that you're going to share it with. Amen? The great moments to share. And you should. It's another thing that we've been talking about. Is you, you can and you should be sharing these stories. Take these moments. It's your story. Who can tell the story better than you? Amen. Who, who can tell what, what God has been doing in your heart and your life better than you? Now, if there's some, some dormant there and God ain't doing something, well, then that's another conversation. Come on, somebody. <laughs> but we are moving. We're moving. The power of Jesus, and he moves us as we surrender that. He moves us from death to life, from darkness to light, from, from discouragement to hope, amen? From failure to freedom, he moves us, and he loves. He loves to revive and restore. He loves to renew and replenish. Like we're walking with so many people around us. Let's, let's bring them into the journey and let them experience what God is doing in our hearts, in our lives, the, the great work that he has done. Amen? I don't know about you. I'm already excited this morning. We talked a little bit about, I just kind of referenced it a bit. We're going to talk about Peter this morning and how he has this, this resurrection stories. Peter was a, was a person of ample potential. He had, a, had great potential, and he was very excited. It almost reminds me of myself a little bit. I started thinking about, oh, did Ross tell me preach this for a reason here? <laughs> Man, I, I'm excited to share just kind of what God has kind of showed me through scriptures. And I want to give that to you so you can stand on that and realize that God has a plan and purpose for you. That it is not over. Somebody say it's not over. Come on, church. Man, so, so but Peter himself, he was, just, he was just a little too quick to speak sometimes. 
<laughs> just always had a knack of putting his foot in his mouth every, every so often. But listen, he always did it with the best of intentions. <laughs> Never had a bad intention of doing it, but man, Peter's just like, hold on. We're going to see, if, we're gonna see a little bit of Peter. We're just going to kind of go through his life a little bit and just look at a few of the moments that Scripture describes, tells us about Peter and his life. And we get introduced to Peter this way in the Gospel of Luke. So come on, let's go together. Uh, you can, if you have your message notes, you can go to version message notes are on there. Or if you, got a, if you got your Bible with me, open it to Luke chapter 5, verse 1 through 9 is what we're going to read this morning. The Bible says this. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, which is the Sea of Galilee, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by fishermen who were washing their nets, right? So they were close by. He got into one of the boats, the, the one belonging to Simon, and he asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats to so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. Lord, we submit our hearts to you. We lay our, our lives before you, God. Would you use your word, Lord, to shape us, to mold us? We yield, Holy Spirit, to what you want to do in us and through us. What you want to work out of us, Father God. The, the whispers and the lies, Father God, that you want to squelch, Lord Jesus. Let your voice be the voice that we hear. Let your words be the words that are uttered this morning. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody says... Listen, it's evident. It's evident that Peter here, he, as he was cleaning his nets, he was listening. He, 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 was, had one, he was doing his job, but he had one ear tuned to what Jesus was teaching. Like, and, and then when he got in the boat, really, he had no other choice but to kind of listen to what Jesus was teaching from the boat. But something that Jesus said, it convinced Peter that this was no ordinary teacher. And we see that because he referred to him as master. Somehow something that Jesus said convinced him to go completely against all of his experience. They were done. They were cleaning their nets. They, they were finished. They've been fishing all night, the Bible says. They ain't caught nothing all night long. And I, I, would, I would assume that maybe a little bit defeated, right? Just I mean, We've been working hard all night long and we ain't got nothing to show for it. This is how I make my living. I, I, I got to have fish to sell to be able to support my family. This, this is what he's done. This is what he's doing. So he, 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 had, he, had, he had faced, he's facing all that. And then for Jesus to tell him, hey, let's go out and just put out the net just a little bit further. Let's go out and go out into the deep and put the nets out. He's going against everything that Peter knew. Going against all of his experience, going against all of the years that he had fishing. Now, Peter, Peter, listen, was, was as a fisherman, any, any fishermen in the house? Don't listen to them. They got some, they, they tell bad stories. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding. That fish I caught was this big. Listen, it was this big. This big. 
right? Peter, Peter was a fisherman. That some, some nights he caught a good, good catch, some nights he, he didn't catch very much. Some nights he caught nothing. So he was going against, when Jesus told him to put, put, cast his net back in the water, he was going against all of his understanding. He was going against all of his experience. He's like, man, I, I've done this. We got our nets clean. We're, we're ready to go home. We're ready to be done. He lived through, living through various levels of success as fishing, but nothing, nothing had prepared him for the catch that he was about to have. And to help you understand the, the gravity of this, man, just think, think about your profession. Think about what you do. Compare just having, having, being unsuccessful in all, in, in, your, in your field of business and in, in what you do. And, and then all of a sudden, just with, some, with just a moment, everything just turns around and exponentially grows. Like, like say, say you're a car salesman. You ain't sold no car all month long. And all of a sudden, something happens and in a week, you sold every car on the lot. Like just, just to give you an example of, of what's happening. This is astonished Peter. And the Bible says just a few verses later that, that because of that, they left everything that they had and they followed him. Right? So, so we see this, right? So we're seeing Peter. We're seeing a little bit of, of Peter's faith. It changed his heart. It, it, it drove him to say, you know what? I'm willing to leave all this to follow him. And so here we go. Jesus' very next words here in Peter, Luke 10, it says, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. They pulled their boats up to shore. They left everything and they followed him. So we're starting to formulate, right, this picture of Peter. But listen, as good as this was, it ain't all good. <laughs> he, he, had, he had these great moments of faith, these great moments of yieldedness. And then he had some not so great moments. Come on, let's, let's, let's keep on going. Matthew 16, go with me there. Matthew 16, verse 13. Let's read this. And then this is what the Bible says. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, oh, who do people say that the son of man is? Well, they replied, some say that it's John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah, and one of, or one, of the, one of the prophets, they said. And then he asked them directly, he says, but who do you say I am? The Bible records here, Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied to him, you are blessed, Simon, son of John. Because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church. And all the powers of hell will not conquer it. We can, we can be oblivious to the gravity of the statement that Peter just made. To, to, to have a, a Jewish man... Who's, who was raised reading the Torah, who was raised with, with reading the prophecy that there would one day come the Messiah, there would one day come the promised one, there would one day come the born king that would come and rescue and return everything and make everything right. We can miss the, the gravity of that statement that Peter made, but I, I just want you to understand that this, this, was, this was not just something that, that he was just saying, right? This was something that, that went back when far back into lineage, far back into what they had been taught as young men. The king here that they were waiting for would spearhead the revolution. He would liberate Israel from oppression. He would deliver justice and peace to the world. That's, that's what he was standing on when he said that. And for Peter to make this proclamation of Jesus was huge. It was enormous. 
Even Jesus said it was beyond what you've been taught, Peter. What, what you just said, what, the, the declaration that you made was not of your own. It was from heaven. Well, Peter was shining. Like, whoa, Peter's standing out above all the rest, right? He's getting downloads from heaven, right? He can't miss. Peter batting a thousand. Peter's doing good. What an amazing position to be in, right? <laughs> and not just that, I mean, I mean, Jesus gives him a glimpse of who he was, right? In that moment, if you could miss it too, because he tells Peter, Peter, you are the rock. Peter, you are the rock on which this church will be built. Man, if I'm Peter, I'm like, all right, fellas, y'all better catch up. Okay, I'm doing good. What are y'all doing? Y'all better wake up. I'm getting downloads from heaven. But it was short-lived. It was short-lived for Peter. <laughs> like, like it, it, the, the Bible doesn't even go to another chapter. It's just the same chapter. <laughs> let's, let's keep on reading, right? So we, we get this picture, right, of Peter. Peter shining. Peter, Peter, Peter big-chested, walking out in front. Here we go, Matthew 16, just a few verses down in verse 21. From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem, right? So there had been some time that it passed. So there's some time passed, and Jesus was, was explaining to them, okay, this is what's coming, guys. He's preparing them that, that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of elders, the leading priests and the teachers of religious law, that he would be killed. But on the third day, he would rise from the dead. But Peter, the Bible says, oh, Peter, but Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, this will never happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. Listen to that. He told, he told Peter, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. There's, there's a lot in that. There's a lot in that. I wish, I wish we had time to unpack. But the reality is that it, it shows a bit of the, the, the human, that God, that God was, Jesus was 100% human and 100% God. There was a wrestling that was even beginning to happen in him. You are a trap to me. You are trying to trap me into the things that I'm wrestling with in my, in my own heart. He tells Peter, get away from me. Let's keep on going. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. And then if, to make matters worse, this is where we, we step into this. And Jesus turns to all the rest of his disciples. Like, like Peter pulls them aside and says, oh, God, forbid all that. He's like, get away from me, Satan. You're, you're, you're a, a trap to my heart. And then he turns to the rest of the disciples. And the Bible records, he says, this, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you're trying to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you, but if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Th this is our act of worship every day. Some, sometimes we, we don't want to walk. This is a little cat. I'm, I'm going to give this to you for free. This, this is a little, sometimes we don't want to walk through trouble and heartache. But God says, listen, I'm with you. I, my, my plans are made perfect in you. My strength is made new in you. My mercies in, are, are, are new for you every morning. I'm walking with you. We don't have to fret what comes our way, understanding that God is walking before us and he is with us. We have to take up our cross every day as Christians. We have to do this every day. In order for us to walk a walk, the walk of Christ has called us to, and to live a life obedient to him, we have to do this every day. This is our call every day. Being here doesn't make us Christians. You, 
Right? Reading scripture doesn't make us Christians. Praying doesn't make you a Christian. Those things are things that we do because of. But as we, as we surrender our lives, as we crucify ourselves, as we place God in his rightful place every day, every moment, that's what it means by laying our lives down. That's what it means by picking up our cross every day. God, it's not what I want to do today. It's what you called me to do today. God, I surrender my life to you every day, every morning. This is what we do. That, that decision right there is what calls us to come into fellowship with God. That's what calls us to be a follower of God. That's what, that's what defines us as Christians as we yield that to him. But here's a, this, this, is a, this is a picture of, this is a bit of a foot in the mouth Peter right here. Peter, Peter, remember, Peter just came, right, he just, he just did, got this download from heaven. He was doing good. He, man, he, was, man, he was telling, the, I bet he was telling everybody else, man, y'all better catch up. Like, look at me, I'm shining. Well, he said, and he, he thought this was a moment for him to shine. He pulled Jesus aside and said, God forbid all that. And God says, get thee behind me, Satan. Peter said, uh-oh. Wait a minute. You know, it's, it's a, there could be a few of us right here. <laughs> so it's, it's what we do. We get, we, get, we get a confidence about us at times, right? We get close to God. We, the, the spirit is leading us. We, we, we're feeling good. <laughs> and, and all of a sudden, it's like, we're like, well, Lord, I'm ready to run. And God says, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's keep walking. We get a confidence about us. And, and probably it's better, better said it, we, we, we get arrogant sometimes ourselves. But like fish and family, you know that saying, right? Fish and family, after three days, it starts to stink. <laughs> this, 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 this is it right here. Again, his, his understanding just a, just a few scriptures ago was, was God-given. Peter here is, is, is operating on his own. He's, he's, under, he's under the influence of Satan, that's what Jesus said. And that's something on top one moment and seems like at the bottom of the very next. This is Peter. We're starting to see a little bit more of Peter. We're starting, we're starting to see his, his willingness, his willingness to speak, his willingness to speak up, his willingness to lead. He, he was a, a God-given leader. That, that's what his, God has called him to do. Remember, Peter is the rock on which the church is going to be built. Making his mistakes, making his mistakes, but, but Jesus walking with him, Jesus, Jesus loving him, Jesus helping him. Because, because the Bible doesn't say, Peter, you're out. Peter, get it, you're done. I'm canceling you. No, the Bible says, get thee behind me. He reprimanded him. But he, kept, he, kept, he, said, he said, come on, Peter, let's keep walking. Come on, Peter, let's, let's, let's make this right. Let me, let me help you understand who, who, who I've called you to be. Let me help you understand what I'm working out of you. What, what, I'm, what I'm pulling out so that my glory will be seen in your heart, in your life. I see what he's doing. As we, as we navigate a little bit more through Peter, what, what some consider and what, what we could consider this morning to be one, one of Peter hitting the bottom, one of Peter's lowest moments, his, his greatest error, if you will, we find that in Luke 22. Luke 22 and verse 31, it says this. I'm going to read it in the message version because I, I love the way Eugene Peterson just kind of lays it out so plainly, interprets it so plainly. Again, Luke 22 and 31, the Bible says this, Simon, stay on your toes. Satan has tried his best to separate all of you from me. Like chef from wheat, Simon, I've prayed for you in particular that you would not give in or give out. When you've come through the time of testing, turn to your companions and give them a fresh start. Peter says this, Master, I'm ready for anything with you. 
I'd go to jail for you. I'd die for you. And Jesus says this to Peter. I'm sorry to have to tell you this, Peter. But before the rooster crows, you will have three times denied that you know me. Hey, we, we, we're, some of us are familiar with this passage. Peter, Peter being confronted again with his shortcoming. Peter being confronted with something that he believes in in this moment is the unthinkable. God, I, I'm ready to die for you. I'm, I'll go to jail for you, making these statements, these proclamations. And we skip down just a little bit in verse 54. It brings us, we fast forward to that moment. Jesus is, was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was arrested. And you, we, we, you, know, you may know a little bit of the story. Peter kind of takes, takes a little bit of charge there, cuts off, cuts off one of the soldier's ears. And God says, whoa, 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 wait, time out, Peter, not yet. He heals the, he heals the soldier's ear. And all the rest of the, the, the they go to arrest him. All the disciples scatter. And they're kind of, Peter here is following at a distance. And that's where we pick up the story. In verse 54, again, in the message version, the Bible says this. Arresting Jesus, they marched him off and took him into the house of the chief priest. Peter followed, but at a safe distance. In the middle of the courtyard, some people had started a fire and were sitting around it trying to keep warm. And one of the servant maids sitting at the fire noticed him and took a second look at him and said, this man was with him. And Peter denied it. Woman, I don't even know him. And a short time later, someone else noticed him and said, uh, you, you're one of them. And Peter denied it again. Man, I am not. About an hour later, someone else spoke up, really adamant. He's, he's got to have been with him. He's, he's got Galilean written all over him. That's what Peter said. Man, I don't know what you're talking about. In that very moment, the last words hardly off his lips, a rooster crowed. And just then, the master turned and looked at Peter. Peter remembered what the master had said to him. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. He went out and cried and cried and cried. Peter committed what he thought was the unthinkable. He fell victim to what he swore he would never do. God, I'm, 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 ready to go to, I'm ready to go to jail with you. God, I'm ready to die with you. But the reality was he wasn't ready. See, we see a glimpse of our own lives in Peter. These moments that, where these moments of triumph, these moments where we shine, these moments where, 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 we're, where man, we're on top of the world, and these moments where we do the unthinkable. We can recognize, we can associate with these moments, moments where, where we're in stride with Jesus, man. Everything is great. We're connected to the Father, the presence of the Holy Spirit. We feel him. He's so real. He's prevalent. He's, we see him working. We see the fruits of God working in our lives, leading us and guiding us. And we make statements sometimes in this moment like, man, I, I don't ever want anything to come between us, God. I don't want, I don't want ever, anything to wreck this, Lord. I'll never put anything before you, God. This is what I'm, I'm dedicating my life to you. All that I do, all that I am, God, it's for you, Lord. How could people not want to worship God 24-7? How could people want to miss on a Sunday? How could people not want to be here at group? How could people not want to come? We make these statements and we yearn for God. I don't get how people just, right? We, we say that, fill in the blank. 
I don't get how people just blank. I don't get how people can just, we've said it. We've been there. Like Peter. <laughs> just like Peter. Then life comes at us full steam. Then, there, then there's, there's moments where our, we have to toe the line. There's real moments in our lives, real moments in our marriages, real moments in our families, real moments at work, real moments in our finances, real moments in life where, where we find ourselves clutching at everything other than God. We, we find ourselves walking into everything other than the will of God. See, listen, it's, it's, it's all good, and it's easy. It's easy to surrender to God. It's easy to give him all things when we're on the top of the mountain, right? It's, it's easy to be proud. It's easy to look around and say, man, what's wrong with y'all? Come on, man, let's do this. Like, like God is good, man. Everything is great. But the moment we, we, life happens, the moment things start to happen, and we start to stumble, we start to, we start to get a little too far ahead, we start to get out there, we, God starts to let us kind of wander out a little bit, and we start, to, we start to get weak under the weight of our own lives or the weight of things that are coming on, sometimes we lose sight of the the true source of power and strength. We start to operate in our, in our own flesh. We start to operate in our own thinking, in our own will, in our own way. We start to try to fix these problems. We start, we start to do these things on our own. When things start to come at us, we see, we see this, these moments, and we make these decisions, and we, we do things that we never thought we would do. We do things that we swore to God we would never do. We fall back into things that we swore to God we would never be a part of anymore. And sometimes those things can hinder us from walking into the tr in our true identity. Those things can hold us back. But I, I, I love this story of Peter because he understood that. But this one here, man, this one here was big for Peter. But Jesus doesn't leave him here. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus doesn't leave him here. I, I can't imagine the moment after the conversation of, of telling Jesus face to face, God, I would never do this. And then the moment I did it, the Bible says that he looked at him. They locked eyes with one another. The brokenness that Peter must have felt. Gotta understand, he walked with him for three years. He saw firsthand everything that God had done. He said he would never do it, and he did it. Life comes at us full steam sometimes. But just like Peter, in the, in the passage that we said, oh, but Peter, <laughs> but God. <laughs> just, just like Peter put his foot in his mouth, but Peter took him. No, but God, God restores us. God is ready. God is ready to lift us up and walk with us. So come on, go with me to John 21. It's going to be a, a big passage, but, but I, I want you to see that God restored, God can restore us. John 21, verse 1, the Bible says, later Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. And this is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there. Simon Peter, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, Nathaniel you know, from Cana and Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and the two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. We'll come too, they all said. You got to understand here that when, what Simon was saying when he said, I'm going fishing. I, I heard it this way. I'm, I'm going to repeat it because I, I thought it was a great analogy. I heard it like this. Listen, if I tell my wife, hey, I'm going to go play basketball. She's like, okay, well, go play basketball. Go play basketball. 
There was a, the, after, after Michael Jordan had retired from basketball, he went and played baseball for a little bit. He had a press conference, and he said, I'm going to go play basketball. When I say I'm going to go play basketball, when Michael Jordan says he's going to go play basketball, those are two different things, amen? <laughs> right? Because basketball is Michael Jordan's profession. He is arguably, I stand on this side, the greatest basketball player ever. Come on. I'm, that's, that's what I'm talking about. So I want you to understand under, under that context, Peter who is a professional fisherman, he wasn't just occupying time. He, he wasn't just saying, well, you know, we're just waiting around and we might as well do this. No, he was going back to what he knew. He was going, he, he had given up. He, he, he said, oh, well, I guess that didn't work out. I guess I messed it up. I, I, guess, I guess I wasn't enough. I'm, I'm gonna go fishing. I'm, I'm just gonna just gonna move on with life. I'm, I'm gonna give up. I'm, I'm gonna give up, and I'm gonna go do this. That's what he meant when he said that. Let's keep going. And so the others said, "Well, we'll come too." So they went out on the boat, and they they caught nothing all night. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, "Fellows, have you caught any fish?" No, they replied. Then he said, throw out your nets on the right side of the boat and you'll get some. So they did. And they couldn't haul in the nets because there was so many fish in it. Then the, disciples, then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. Simon Peter, hearing this, that it was the Lord, he put his tunic on, right? Jumped in the water and headed out to shore. The others stayed in the boat and pulled the load, the net to shore. For they were, they were only about 100 yards from shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. Bringing some of the, bring some of the fish that you've just caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net to the shore. There were 153 large fish, and yet they, the net hadn't broken. Now come and have some breakfast, Jesus said. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. And Jesus served them bread and the fish. This was the third time Jesus had appeared to disciples since he had been raised from the dead. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Peter said, you know I love you. And take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. And he said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Then feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. He dressed yourself wherever you wanted to go but when you are old you will stretch out your hand to others and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go Jesus said this to let them know by what kind of death he would glorify God then Jesus told him follow me God's faithfulness 
can compensate for our greatest failures and faithlessness. That's what resurrection stories are all about. It takes, but it takes surrender to obtain it, right? We don't accomplish it. There's, there's nothing we can do to achieve this. It's only by God's grace and his mercy that we qualify for it. Jesus' first words to Peter were, come follow me in Mark. And here he's telling him, you must follow me. Being a follower sometimes fails is better than someone who fails to follow. Resurrection people, we believe that God's purposes are bigger than our failures. Guilt and condemnation may have you paralyzed this morning. Your, your failures may have trapped you and imprisoned you and locked you in to a life that is fruitless. To a life that, where you're just returning to what you think you know. You're returning back to what you just do. And God is saying, no, I've called you for a purpose. I've called you for a reason. And my purposes and my reasons, my plan goes far beyond your failures your, your failures this is such a revelation to me and I'm, I, I still stand in awe of God today that just being here, standing here speaking to you, having the opportunity to do this God told me David, my plans for you are bigger than your failures, I'm, I'm a living testimony, I'm a resurrection story, standing here speaking to you this morning and if Jesus told Peter, you can get up, and he told me, I can get up, I'm telling you, he's saying, you can get up. Your past, your failures, your faults, even, even, even if they were just last night, even if they were just this morning, even if they were on the way to church today, they don't supersede God's plan and purpose for your life. We're going to worship here for a moment. I want to call the prayer team up. I don't want you to leave the same. I don't want you to walk out with the weight of your sin, the weight of your failures, holding on to you, holding you back any longer. God has a plan for you. God has a purpose for you. God has something that he wants to work in you and through you. Yes, every single person in this room, every single person, listen to me, listening to me right now. God's plans and purposes are still alive for you, and I want you to hear that. I want to open the altar this morning. As the band worships, you can come and worship the Lord. You can come and just be here alone with God and give him what you're carrying this morning. Or you can come and pray with somebody and let them agree with you. I want to pray over you and then we're going to worship. Father, we love you. We adore you. Exalt you. We thank you, God, for your plans and your purposes. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that your plans are greater, Lord. That I can't thwart your plans, God. That my faults and my failures, Lord, they don't... They don't demise your plan they don't bring destruction to your plans God you are able and willing Lord Jesus to restore me we thank you God I pray Father right now in the name of Jesus over every person listening whether here or on the screen my God that you would fill their hearts fill the place that they're at Lord that the, the lies of the enemy would be silenced right now in the name of Jesus that the, the images of their past Father God that they would be torn down God that they would, Lord, see the mercy and the grace that is before them, the table that you have set before them, God, and that they would have faith to take one step of faith towards it. We thank you, God. We 
love you. We worship you. Have your way, Holy Spirit.